If you think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? in this motherfucker how y'all doing this week didn't know uh, if I was gonna be here this week cause uh there's something going on it's a big event pretty close to my uh the fucking loft in Brooklyn where I'm transmitting from as usual not always but usual yeah we're in this motherfucker Mike Rips the Ranchless it's fucking how we're doing it we do it every Thursday this is weird cause it's the 13th episode on July 13th 13, 13, lucky number 13. So, who the fuck knows what that means. Uh, but yeah, it was actually a pretty slow week for me for the first time in a while. I mean, as in a slow week for me, I mean, I didn't do a fucking thing. I sat on the couch fucking watching movies and then reading and then went to my office and wrote and did some shit like that. But I didn't do a goddamn thing. It was fucking beautiful out. And I, was just, I wanted to go do something outside. I don't know. It just didn't end up happening. I was pissed. I wanted to go to the beach. I wanted to fucking drown myself. I wanted to go fucking boogie boarding. You know, maybe get stuck with a uh, fucking used heroin needle on Coney Island while I'm in the water. Something like that. You know, but uh, I was just chilling. First time in a while. And I, it's been really hectic. And uh, so, I don't know. It was cool. Fucking, it's so hot right now, and so fucking humid, and in my office, it's just out of control, so uh, I'm gonna maybe wrap this up a little bit quicker than I usually do this week, but uh, how the fuck's everybody doing out there? What have you guys been up to? Everybody in the Northeast, are you enjoying this fucking uh, balls hot weather? Gentlemen, is there your nutsack sticking to the side of your leg enough yet? Ladies, what's that thing smelling like? You know what I mean? Let me take a sniff. Uh, has your boyfriend or girlfriend or trans, his, sir or whatever, is their fucking panties or boxers all crunched up in their ass crack? Ugh, sorry, it's fucking disgusting. Like, which would be an interesting game, like play the pronoun game with uh, trannies or trans, whatever you call it. I'm sorry if I offended somebody. Fuck, I don't give a fuck. Fucking, um, you know, like guess bring out a trans person and you guess what he or she or zer or her what they would like to be called that's an interesting fucking game show speaking of uh politically correct dog shit i checked out uh spider-man homecoming (laughs) i'm not gonna uh totally shit on it i liked it actually i liked it it was very good for a um 
you know, summer blockbuster. Uh, I really keep feeling like after that Wonder Woman shit, Marvel and DC are going to switch places because everyone's been hating on DC for so fucking hard and on all those DC movies and shit, and then Marvel movies are so acclaimed. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm just bugging. But, uh, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming it was a great fucking... Uh, you know, action summer movie, Marvel movie, blockbuster. Michael Keaton was absolutely brilliant as the Vulture. One thing that was really cool is I like when they do this in the movies. They obviously are not going to make him look like the 1960s version. That's what I would want, but I understand it doesn't translate to film well. So they got to make him updated, looking a little crazier. He had a cool, like, um, Air Force jacket on, and it had this weird, like, feather collar, which was obviously reminiscent of the original version of the 1960s Vulture, but Keaton killed it. He always does. And um, the the... The uh, crew he had was cool. You had uh, the one guy that was originally the shocker. Spoiler alert on anything if anybody hasn't seen it or is interested in what I'm about to say about it. Fucking Bokeem Woodbine ended up becoming the shocker. They didn't have the scorpion in it, but they had Matt Gargan, which I guess they call that an Easter egg now, but uh, I knew everybody should know who that was off the rip. It was fucking uh, Tuco's cousin, or I think it's his cousin, for, or his boy or whatever from Better Call Saul. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was just at the end, I guess. He was there buying guns at one point, too, or something. Yeah, buying weapons. It was cool. Uh, the one thing I got to say, though, is this... Uh, I don't know. Let me give a little more love before I just shit on it. I'll say this. I 50% loved it and thought it was excellent, and then I 50% hated it and thought it was ridiculous. So, Michael Keaton was dope. I do like... Uh, what's his name? I think it's Tom Holland, the dude that's playing Peter Parker in Spider-Man now. He was cool. It was good. Um, it looked great. It probably looked the best for all his outfit and shit, all the Spider-Man movies so far. But with that being said, let me let me fucking unload here. So, um, you know, there's all this controversy. I guess it's kind of calmed down now about when they switched the character's race from what it was in the comic book. And I'll be blatantly honest with you, I totally don't give a fuck, regardless if they change the race or what, as long as it works and it looks good. Like, a uh, great example being... Not a comic book, but American Gods was fucking um, Shadow in the book was not how, definitely not how they described, I forgot his name, Ricky Whittle, I think, the dude that played Shadow in American Gods recently, which was an excellent series. I mean, they only did the beginning of the book, really, so we'll see what happens with that. But um, they changed the race there, and it was fucking excellent, so enough of that shit. But, like, every single thing was different in the movie. Let's start with... No Daily Bugle. They made him younger than he usually is. This movie was more like Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Man and the Web Warriors, all those cartoons that they had on Disney XD for a while, which, by the way, I wasn't a huge fan of, but of course I'm a fucking uh, fanboy, so I watched every single fucking episode of all the series. They had the guy from Drake and Josh on there doing his voice, and I remember the other kid did a movie with Larry Clark, and Larry Clark, not Harmony Kareem, called the... Dopeness, I think, or the Heine, uh, the Dopeness, and it had, what's his name, Sir Ben Kingsley in it, and, and uh, that's a whole other fucking podcast and a whole other fucking movie review or whatever, but 
It was more like that Ultimate Spider-Man shit. It's more, way more like high school. Like, okay, so there's no Daily Bugle. There's no J. Jonah Jameson. There's no Uncle Ben. There's no with great power comes great responsibility, which to me, when I first got into Spider-Man, and I'll fucking date myself, which I'm proud to do, I can't even remember a time in my life. Maybe I found out about this shit. Since I can remember, Spider-Man was a part of my life. I have the fucking symbol tattooed on the side of my fucking head. You know what I'm saying? Definitely my favorite character. Uh, I'd say Batman's my second favorite. I always loved Batman and Spider-Man. The two stories I would say are probably the best in comics. The storylines, Batman's family gets bodied in front of him by a robber, and he's rich, so he has the resources to do what he does. It makes sense. It does, and it works, and it's great. And uh, Spider-Man, same thing. He gets the powers out of nowhere, and then he goes to try and just become famous and get money, or not necessarily, well, in the comics, whatever. Fucking, he goes to do the wrestling thing, and they rob the shit, and the guy gets away, and then he ends up killing Uncle Ben, and right before then, Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. It works. It 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 makes sense that the fucking character is going and doing what they're doing. Then you have, of course, the Punisher of Frank Castle, where his whole family gets bodied, but I really gotta do research on, I don't know, that that is such around the time of uh, fucking Death Wish with Charles Bronson. I think that was like, you know, like Marvel just like, oh, this is working, let's do it. That's the same thing with Luke Cage, who was, was uh, probably my second or third favorite fucking, I'm sorry, third or fourth or fifth favorite comic book character. Awesome story, but that was definitely influenced by the black exploitation movies coming out when, when that character dropped. But anyway, I guess this was like an updated story that I wasn't as familiar with because they had the, this kid, his boy, the Asian kid, the fat Asian kid, uh, fucking who's the man in the chair, which I think I actually have read some Spider-Man shit, contemporary shit that was, um, that had him in it, but I just didn't know what was going on and I, it was kind of out of context for me. So I don't know. I don't pick up comics every week and follow the Marvel shit. Right now I'm working on a fucking uh, web of Spider-Man essential. All the shit is from 1987 and 88. And the writing's brilliant and the art's even better. So I don't know where these motherfuckers jumped the shark or went off the rails with this shit, but it's really out of control. And then... So, there was all the the changing of the race, which I really don't care about, but, like, I, I one thing off the rip I'm going to start with, I'm start with, I'm already fucking balls deep and shitting on the film. Fucking, uh, we had Zendaya in there, and, like, her character was terrible, she can't act, I don't know why we put fucking Disney Channel people on a pedestal. The only people who ever did something dope that were a part of Disney Channel, uh, that came from there would be, from this generation, I would say, Hobson's the only one, and he was, like, a character actor on Disney, and he's fucking dope, you know what I'm saying, but, like, all this Miley Cyrus, and this bitch, and Raven, and whoever, I don't give a, f- they're fucking terrible, they don't have talent, they're fucking teeny boppers, like, it's, like, you might as well, these people complain so much, and I'm talking about fucking assholes who talk about all this bullshit, they complain so much about shit like McDonald's and fast food, that is the same thing, you're consuming the same shit by watching that. So Zendaya's in there, and the whole fucking movie, her name is Michelle, and then at the end, when they're at a table, they're like, oh, my friends call me MJ, so I guess she's gonna replace Mary Jane now. Fucking awful. Fucking Flash Thompson, who's supposed to be like a jock dickhead, and I don't understand their logic with this, and I'll explain. Fucking Flash Thompson from the comic books is played by the fucking, uh, I don't know his nationality, I believe he's some kind of Asian uh, from India or somewhere around there. Forgive me. The kid from Dope, who is a good actor, and I love Dope, and I thought he was great in Dope, but he's not Flash Thompson, and they may, again, they can't make his last name Thompson unless they do some weird English-India shit, I don't know if they're gonna do that, but anyway, 
His name is fucking, they call him DJ Flash or whatever. But it's like, the logic to me for the, uh, you know, let's just be honest. This is far to the fucking left. And they're trying to do some kind of weird virtue signaling with this whole fucking shit. Damn, I'm talking too much about this. I gotta move on. So, fucking, like, this is the last thing I'll say about it. I could go on and on and on and on and on about the movie, the shit I didn't like and I could nitpick about but and scrutinize and over-scrutinize about. But, so, fucking, um... He's supposed to be a bitch and an asshole and a little spoiled fuckhead, which is what you guys are always trying to push anyway. So why not just keep it the fucking Aryan-looking asshole jock quarterback? That's the shit you're constantly... White privilege, white cisgender male, fucking white boy, uh, you know, little bitch, everything. All that shit is in Flash Thompson to a T. So I don't understand, like, you could have changed every other character. That one doesn't make sense by your logic. But, you know, who fucking cares and who gives a fuck and it's stupid. But the movie is good. Definitely worth watching. I'm, I'm definitely not going to feel Zendaya being in the next few movies as fucking... Um, good Lord. I have... A lot of times when I do this show, just so you guys know, I have a lot of fucking websites pulled up, tabs pulled up on Google. And it says Tom Holland and Zendaya are dating, so we can expect her in every fucking one of these pieces of shit for a while. Like I said, hopefully the title swings. But again, we could go back... Like I like these Marvel movies, and I do see almost all of them in the theater. I do I've seen all of them in the theater, I think. Like, um, but uh, it's not my kind of comic movie. My three favorite comic movies, and I could go on and on and on about this. I'm sweating like a fucking dog in here. My three favorite comic book movies has got to be Sin City, The Crow, and American Splendor. And I know, I know I said this before on here, but I must reiterate it. All these Marvel movies are cool. It's a cheap thrill, honestly. It's a guilty pleasure. There's really no context to it. But good lord, that rant was out of control. Like, uh, I guess I feel passionate about Spider-Man. And I want to shout out fucking uh, Peace to Jock and Nerd podcast, Geek Street podcast, this cat Rugboy, these cats I've been interacting with on Twitter. So uh, I'm going to build these cats. They had a homecoming review that was pretty good. I mean, again, I like the movie. I'm just going to point out the bullshit. It's like I went to go see a fucking Spider-Man movie. Uh, They didn't know if it was uh, Spider-Man or Iron Man because they kept having the Karen thing talking like it was Iron Man. I hated that. They didn't know if it was fucking Spider-Man or Iron Man or Kick-Ass. I went to go see a fucking Spider-Man movie, not a fucking Gen 13 movie. Okay, guys? But again, I'm so fucking OCD. It's just like, honestly, if if fucking Brenda wanted to kill me and she got away with it, or didn't get away with it necessarily, but she killed me, and she's in court before a jury, all they would have to do is just review the tiniest bit of evidence about my daily, or I'm sorry, more like weekly routine and regimen, and she'd fucking walk. For sure. No fucking question. Speaking of OCD, there's just been a problem in this fucking neighborhood in my building lately. It's like, of course, it's hot out, hot as balls. The the honeymoon's over, as they say. Like, it's just beyond fucking hot out here, and everybody's doing stupid shit, like leaving garbage everywhere. And this old lady under us, God bless her soul, but she just puts a fucking garbage bag in front of the goddamn door and fucking just leaves it there overnight. And then the people that are next to her and the, the floor under us, they fucking uh, are constantly partying, too. It's slowed down a little, which I don't care. Party all fucking night. I do the same when I can. But uh, it's slowed down a little bit, but it's always, like, crazy wilding out and a lot of crazy shit going on here. And it's just, like, with that fucking garbage out there, it's hot out. So now, going down my stairs steadily, you know, you go down my apartment shit, it's just stairs, there's no elevator. This is a, I think they call it a, what is it, pre-war or some shit? 
Anyway, you go down the fucking stairs, and it's just fucking a parade of cockroaches. I mean, this is literally fucking Joe's apartment level at this point. It's a fucking parade of cockroaches going down the stairs. Hey, guys, I just, I just say hi to him now. It's no big deal. Hey, Lance, it's fucking like Joe's apartment in my own fucking world. And again, I still spend a lot of time in CT, you know, in Connecticut, uh, and even in any suburbs. But Connecticut, really, you see, you know, maybe some deer, squirrels, chipmunks, shit like that, you know, over in Brooklyn and, you know, the city in general, these urban areas, you got fucking roaches, rats, and bed bugs. You know, it's, it's about as fucking equally as cute, you know. No big deal. Has anybody else checked out this shit that was on HBO? called The Defiant Ones, where it's like the whole Interscope record story, Jimmy Iovine and Dre, what they were doing before, and then they came together, and this shit was a very, very brilliant documentary, I loved it, and everybody I've talked to has really liked it, so it's good, and it documents the whole shit, I, I didn't know a lot about Jimmy Iovine, I didn't know he was an Italian from New York, I'm so stupid, I didn't realize the name is Italian, I always, sorry guys, I always thought he was Jewish, I'm just, that's so fucked up and prejudiced and uh, bigoted, and I, I apologize for that, but I always thought he was Jewish until I watched this shit. But, you know, you got to see a lot of shit with Dre, and we got to relive a lot of things. One thing I got to relive that I was just annoyed by was uh, fucking, they did the Source Awards thing, uh, you know, remember, uh, all in the videos, all on albums, remember Shug Knight? I remember when it happened, I'm completely dating myself at this point. And fucking, I remember the years to come where fucking Diddy and Big, rest in peace, he was still alive at the time. Uh, when they would be in interviews, people would ask him about it. Yo, you know, we're just, you know, trying to do our own thing. And we're, you know, I don't know why he did that. Uh, you know, they were real quiet about it. But of course now, Diddy, because he knows fucking Shrug will never see the light of day. The fucking uh, light of day again. Diddy's in there like, you don't fucked up. It's like, come on, dude. He slapped Drake, and now he thinks he's fucking tough. It's like, bro, well, what are you doing? And again, with the fucking uh, repping, screaming Harlem, he grew up in Mount Vernon. Again, I, I will go on and on and on about this. It's like me being like, yeah, I'm from fucking Astoria, Long Island City. Fucking, you know. I grew up in Connecticut. I love Connecticut, like I just said. What do you want, fucking deer, squirrels, and chipmunks? Or do you want roaches, rats, and bedbugs? I just have psychological problems that makes me want to live here. I just can't even decipher them on my own, to be blatantly honest with you. But it was brilliant. It's cool to see everything that Jimmy's done and put out and everything he worked on. Because, again, this is kind of uh, different for me. Because Jimmy Iovine and what he stands for and who he's producing, who he's put out, is pretty contrary to the things that I really love and regard crazy. Like, because everyone brought it up. Patti Smith and Bono from YouTube both said, oh, we were punk rock. And then, you know, they had that shit. Which, again, that's questionable. Patti, I guess... I guess the old U2 shit is, but, you know, I don't know. Bono definitely has morphed into a bit of a twat at this point. But um, it was cool. And just for a loan, think about, in my case, Primus, Nine Inch Nails, Eminem, Tupac, Dre, fucking Snoop. And then we even go to Kendrick Lamar and Game and fucking... Uh, there's other shit that was big that I was not as into, like Bush and No Doubt, Lady Gaga. It's just crazy. And then the shit he produced... 
Again, I don't know who I'm going to fucking uh, ruffle feathers with this one, but again, I'm not a huge Springsteen or John Lennon guy. I respect them completely. I understand their influence and shit, but it's just not for me. Like, you know, uh, people always say, like, Elvis and Lennon or whatever. Elvis is the king of rock and roll. To me, it's fucking, uh, like, Iggy Pop and Lemmy Kilmeister. You know what I'm saying? But we'll get into that shortly. Regardless, I could go on for even longer, but I, I this is already running a lot longer than I thought it would. But, um, fucking, regardless, check out the Defiant Ones, HBO Go, it's all up there, it's four episodes, you know, I'm definitely gonna relive all my people that are my age and above, and, uh, some below, you're gonna relive a lot of the 90s shit that was dope. Mets start playing again tomorrow, they're eight games under 500. They're playing the Rockies at City Field. Let's see if we can turn it around because they're talking about fucking trades. We know about right now they got this trade going on with Houston. They're asking for DeGrom. I don't know what the fuck we're going to get. I don't know what to do. We're not, I don't want to trade DeGrom even if they, the season's fucked. Who cares? I'd, I'd rather keep him more than almost anyone on the fucking team. But the thing, of course, we got to address that uh, actually is going on down the street. I almost just went. I was going to go and then uh, record this tomorrow, but then I found out, thank God, that you can't get in there anymore. The Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather press tour, the press conference. uh, First, it was in L.A. on Tuesday, I guess. Wednesday, it was in Toronto, which was last night, which was completely insane. And uh, today, it's in Barclays Center, Brooklyn. It's fucking subway ride is like 20 minutes from here. I wish that I could have gone to see it, but I just, it was too late. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. Nothing really worked out. It's been fucking awesome. I mean, of course, it's a spectacle. Let's just be honest here. Nobody get too uptight about fucking all these, you know, of course, the boxing purists are so uptight about it and everybody talking about it too, but... You know, what are you going to do? It's a spectacle. This is the best. But enjoy this part. This, in my opinion, is much better than what the fight is going to be. We all assume that if you've ever watched Floyd Mayweather's career. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Fucking, uh, I, I, I don't know. This is crazy. And, like, they're going to start with all. There's all types of shit you can say about this. But I'll tell you this. Not even for anything else. I, I'm pretty deep in the boxing. Um, and, I mean... I would fucking rather see uh, McGregor just knock Floyd out. Just not for any other fucking... It's not going to happen. There's a one in quintillionth chance that that could even happen. And I say could. But I would just love to see that because it will shake up the world. The people oh, it'll be that shit again. Like, we've seen something similar to this a few months ago, if you know what I'm talking about, if you can follow me here. But... You know, there's no way McGregor's going to win. A lot of people are saying he's not going to land a glove. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, to be honest with you. He's never boxed professionally. And everyone's going to get so hyped right now because it's so funny and it's so crazy and hilarious. And it is quite entertaining seeing these two go crazy on each other. For the past two days, we're about to get uh, number three. And three minutes from now, it starts. I DVR that bitch because, of course, my lovely wife Brenda and I are going to watch that together. Brenda's the one who got me into boxing, honestly. Like, uh, I used to go to there. I was very, very beyond a casual fan watching only, like, the big guys like Mayweather, Pacquiao, Cotto, 
I liked Pauli Malignaggi, uh, Ricky Hatton, uh, Klitschko, fucking dudes like uh, Vitaly Klitschko, dudes like that. But I was not deep into it at all. And then when I started dating Brenda, her brother was renting all the fights. <clears throat> we were watching other random ones, and I learned about it a lot. Again, NBA is really the shit that I really like the most in sports, but I really think the NBA is uh, lacking at the moment. So now I've gotten so much deeper into this shit. But uh, regardless, in these fucking press conferences, McGregor's killing it. He's fucking hilarious. And Toronto yesterday, it was borderline stand-up. That's all I gotta say. It's great. And I mean, I don't think it'll be a great fight for a lot of different reasons. But, uh, you know, we're gonna enjoy it. On that note, I, I'm pretty sure I'll rent it at my parents' house if we want to make a night of it. And Nikki is, you know, is praying for that one in quintillions chance that fucking... Uh, McGregor does it. He said he'll be unconscious in four rounds, which is, again, it's pretty much impossible. It's like some alternate universe shit. But if that does happen, it has to happen earlier. It's not happening. And he's not winning by decision. That, like, that's the only, like, uh, like a wormhole opening possibility. Like, uh, what are they, quark? That's like a quark's chance of happening, if you know what a fucking quark is. So, this weekend, we got a lot of fights going on. Tomorrow night, we got some showbox Friday night, you know, prospects, underground shit. Check that out. It's going to be dope. Uh, then we got uh, Saturday night, there's two big events. We got, coming from the well, recently new open Nassau Coliseum over in Long Island, they got the fucking main event is uh, Figueroa versus Robert the Ghost Guerrero. I, I don't know why he is still going. Uh, the Guerrero, the Ghost has got to go. He's He's got to retire. He lost, I don't know if he fought in between this. I remember last time I saw him was versus Danny Garcia, and they, I think they fought for Floyd's belts, if I remember correctly, like once Floyd retired. And Danny won them and then lost them to uh, Keith Thurman. But anyway, that's going on. Uh, the dude that Deontay Wilder knocked out at Barclays Center, Arctur Spielka, the uh, Polish heavyweight, he's boxing on the undercard on this. It's at Long Island. It's going to be on Channel 5 Fox. Uh, prim- primetime, I guess, yeah. Um, that's Saturday night. Also on Saturday night, we got the fucking... Uh, the one I'm more excited about is the undercard, the Sullivan Barrera versus Joe Smith Jr. I've been waiting for this. These are light heavyweights. After what happened with uh, Kovalev and Ward, there's a chance. I want Joe Smith Jr. to win this. He's repping Long Island, and he's a fucking construction worker. He's a professional boxer, but he still works, too. I mean, so I, I got a lot of love for this motherfucker. I-, I hope one day when I'm delivering something, I just randomly run into this fuck on job site. That'd be the coolest shit ever. He's fighting Sullivan Barrera, who's also a good fighter. Uh, he f- lost to Andre Ward. Um, I-, I think he fought again, and I watched it. It was on a HBO like Spanish channel, HBO Espanol, whatever the fuck they got, Latino. That shit, uh, and he did pretty good. I don't remember if he- I don't even remember what the fuck happened. I don't even know if the fight happened. I don't remember. I, I remember seeing him getting interviewed, but I- something happened that night. I could I I can look it up, but I don't want to bore you any more than I already am. Main event on that one is Burchell versus Takashi Miura, who was ranked by Ring Magazine even recently in Pound for Pound. We're going to check that out. Last weekend, I checked out that fucking Alexander Povekin fight because um, I tried to watch it once. It didn't work, but I watched it again on some fucking Russian bootleg shit. Uh, we'll see where he's going to fall in the heavyweights because he's good and the dude he boxed wasn't bad. They went 12. They, they, they punched the dude in the back of the head early and it looked like they were going to stop it, but they didn't and they kept going. Anyway, the uh, album I want to talk to you all about is definitely a sleeper. A lot of people talk about this guy a lot, but they don't mention this album. <clears throat> Talking about Iggy Pop, 
and James Williamson kill City. Which, from what I understand, came out in November 1977, but they started recording it after the Stooges broke up, after Raw Power. So I recorded this shit in 95. I'm 95. What the fuck? In 75. And uh, Iggy was in a fucking mental hospital. Once again, I said Iggy Pop. He, he's the godfather of rock and roll to me. You know what I'm saying? That's why, again, I'm a, more into the punk rock style and the post-hardcore, the hardcore, whatever. But regardless, this fucking album, Iggy Pop and James Williamson, I believe James Williamson is a guitarist on this shit, Kill City. Seriously, check this out if you like, I guess, I don't know, punk or alternative rock or just regular rock. Definitely got a 60s vibe to it. But uh, back to Iggy. At this point, he was in a mental hospital trying to get rid of, kick his heroin addiction, and he was just crazy, I guess. On the weekends, he'd be going record with this cat. It's a brilliant fucking album. It's very short. And I gotta say one thing. The cover of this is so dope. I'll try and describe it. It's really colorful. It's definitely got like a drawing, some weird bootleg, ill-ass drawing of Iggy on stage. Of course, shirtless, as he always is. He's holding the mic stand, as usual. And he's got fucking like a broken bottle, and he's swinging it down. And there's a weird like dog face, and it's Iggy Pop and James Williamson Kill City. I actually looked for a t-shirt of this recently, I think on Amazon. Maybe not recently, but with it like a, maybe a year ago or so. And they didn't have the shit. I don't know what's up with that, but it's such a fucking dope album. It's like I said, it's got a lot of like the sixties vibe, but with some of the Stooges vibe, it's a little more bluesy than the Stooges shit. It's got a lot of horns and sax solos and shit. It's got some guitar solos. Uh my favorite record on here, I gotta say, is number two, Sell Your Love. I love Beyond the Law. I love everything on here. One thing that does stick out to me that I love is at the end of the A-side, there's this like interlude guitar theme thing called Night Theme. And again, uh, uh, Twang and me were going to sample that a while ago, but we didn't end up going through with it. And then uh, the way side B starts, I really would love to get the fucking... I don't even collect vinyl or really fuck with it like that, but it would be awesome just to listen to this album like this. The side B starts with fucking Night Theme, Reprise. But uh, No Sense of Crime is one of my favorite records on here. Um, Joanna, it's fucking brilliant. Iggy Pop, uh, and this album doesn't get mentioned as much. I would say Lust for Life. It's obviously his biggest album. It's got The Passenger and the title track, Lust for Life. But, um, you know, Lust for Life is his best album. Uh, the Idiot is amazing. Raw Power, which says Iggy and the Stooges. That's fucking great. Let's do some trivia real quick. If anybody could tell me, tweet me, or say what up uh, about this. Why is his name? His name is James Osterman or Osterberg or some shit. Why is, why is his name Iggy Pop? Why is that his nickname? And don't Google it. Don't fucking cheat. If you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? It's very simple. That's the simplest trivia ever. That could be on fucking uh, you know, Jeopardy the first round. Anyway, if you get a chance, anybody who likes even newer shit, I think you'll like this uh, Kill City. Iggy Pop and James Williamson came out November 1977, so we're about to go on uh, 40 years on this motherfucker. I love this, dude. I pray when I still haven't seen him live. I had the opportunity, and I shit the bed. Fucking, I just pray I get to see him. Lastly, uh, like I said last weekend, all I did was sit on the fucking couch and watch movies, so... um. Saturday alone, I watched three movies in one day. I haven't done that in so long, so that just shows you how ridiculous things have gotten and how busy I always fucking am fucking around either with my day job or working on all this other shit. 
So the three movies I watched on Saturday, one, number one was Road Hard, which is like a little indie comedy flick, uh, quirky shit by Adam Carolla. Fucking awesome and hilarious and good and well done for a low budget, too. It's good. I I truly recommend it. I think it's on Amazon Prime and Netflix. Uh, I watched Derek C. and Fran's most recent movie, which I wasn't even aware of. It was called The The Light Between Us, and it has um, Michael Fassbender... And the chick from Ex Machina it has uh, it takes place in Australia. It's got your boy Brian Brown from uh, Cocktail. It was a brilliant film, but I really won't get into it because I don't. It's definitely not the shit I usually fuck with. But it was so well done, well shot, well written. Truly, watch. It's a romance drama story. It's great. Movie I want to talk about is from probably my favorite contemporary director, Nicholas Winding Refn. It's his most recent movie, which I've been meaning to watch for over a year, The Neon Demon. It's fucking insane. It's his usual shit. Okay, now we've been I've been fucking with this dude. I'll tell you, I haven't seen every single one of his feature films, but I've seen Pusher One. And I've seen everything since Valhalla Rising, which I think is Valhalla Rising, Bronson, Drive, Only God Forgives, and The Neon Demon. He's done some of those commercials with McConaughey, where I think it's a Lincoln commercial or some shit, and he's trying to be like um, Rust or whatever. Rust and Cole? What a, what, the true detective cat. Uh, fucking, uh, that's where they were, that is directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. This movie is fucking insane and not for the faint of heart and it's his usual brilliant insanity and his long like scenes that make no sense he's so like Alejandro Jodorowsky and David Lynch he's he's definitely in my opinion the modern version of guys like that it's a fun film it's interesting there's I don't understand how this is just rated R and there's no controversy about this being NC-17 when films like Shame are NC-17 which you know maybe right rightfully so but this shit is insane. There's one scene specifically, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you choose to watch it. I believe, again, this is on Amazon Prime and Netflix, where they do something on film that I can't remember seeing this graphically. Maybe there's something I don't know about. And you'll know what I'm talking about. Honestly, I brought it up as a joke about three or four podcasts ago. If you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's some. It's near the end of the film. There's a lot of, it's slow and it grinds and it builds, which if you're familiar with this director, that's everything he does. So I truly recommend The Neon Demon. Please check it out. Again, it's free if you have those either two streaming services. And if you got a chance, also watch Bronson, stars um, Tom Hardy. Watch Drive. That's his most accessible film. That was his biggest. It has, of course, uh, Ryan Gosling, your boy Brian Cranston, Albert Brooks, uh, Ron Perlman. Uh, what's his name? Oscar Isaac, uh, Michelle Williams. I what's her name? I forget. Uh, it's a brilliant film. Um, and then of course Valhalla Rising with Miles Mickelson. My, I think that's his name. I I think the uh, espresso and coffee mixed with uh, bullet bourbon and PBR is starting to take effect, y'all. So I'm gonna sign off. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.